The first one would be the old New Testament. In the New Testament, it's all about we were lost. And because God loves us so much, what he's going to do? He's going to send Jesus Christ to redeem us. That is the most powerful story. But I was like, maybe I should go back in the Old Testament and find something that can help me. And then I was about to read the entire book of Hosea. I remember when I was a little kid, my, my mother tell me, my mother told me this story. And I was really impressed the, the way that, he, he, that she told me this story. And I was so glad to hear that God kind of loved me unconditionally. And I couldn't believe it until I had experienced it. Because I was kind of tired to hear the same story over and over. And if, if somebody would have questioned me, how would you describe the power? I would say, well, they are boring and religious. Because they keep telling me the same story over and I didn't understand that they loved me so much, they wanted me to realize that the greatest love in life is the love of God. They were helping me to understand that. They were pushing me. And I kept wanting away. And I suddenly put off time in life. I realized that I was mistaken. I realized that God really loves me in a powerful way. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to use the story to compare the love of God for humanity, for us. It is a powerful story. Uh, before we do that, let's just touch briefly in the three dimensions of love that we have. Theologians say that love is kind of like a triangle, three dimensions. Uh, the first one could be at the top of the triangle. That would be God. That would be, you see number one, God's love for humanity. This love is powerful, unconditional. He's flawless. He's without any imperfection. That's the perfect love that uh, mankind could experience. And remember that uh, Rick talked about this verb that called lavish. I mean, in, in, in Greek, there are two verbs that you can use to describe that. The first one would be, uh, that would be a sico exo, which would be used for pull out. And the second one would be polytelis. That would be the one that kind of translates lavish. It just abundant. It just unending, overflow. And then that is the kind of love that God is pour on us. Number one, this is the love that God has for us. That is in the top of the pyramid. And the second one would be number two. That would be our love for God. Try to picture again the, the triangle. God in the top pour his love on us. And then the second is our love for God. That is the reflection of the first one. You remember when the man came and asked Jesus the question about what? What should I do? Uh, what are the, the, the two greatest commandments? You remember? The first one is love God with all your heart. And after the other one would be love thy neighbor. So 
That is the reflection of the love that God has for us. And then the third one, I just touched on this briefly, that would be the love that we have for one another. This is what we call agape. The Greek word could be agape. This is the love that we share in the, in the community as brothers and sisters. So, God is going to use uh, pretty much the three dimensions to help us understand that his love for us is unconditional. And what's going to happen, it's going to use a very sad, not so pretty, not so beautiful story. But that's going to help us to capture the, the, the message. Now, before we move forward, I'd like to give you a bit of context about the book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet, and then uh, on his time, people didn't have a lot of interest in God for some reason. They didn't love God. They were just living their life. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't pay attention to what the prophet was saying. And they were going after other gods. They were offering offerings, worshiping other gods. They forget everything about the mighty, the God of Abraham. Then uh, the prophet was like, well, if it is like that, it is obvious that God has no interest in those people. It is obvious that a powerful, majestic, immortal, eternal, invisible, omnipotent, omnipresent God doesn't have any interest in these people. Look how they're living their life. They have no concern for God. They can do whatever they want. Indeed. So I'm not going to waste my time telling them about God. Hosea forgot something very important. God is not only powerful. God is not only majestic. He's not only infinite. He's not only eternal. He's not only invisible. But our God is also love, which is an inherent characteristic of him. And then, God called Hosea, saying, I am going to teach you something. Hosea, go. Find Gomer. She is living a life of prostitution. Go find her. I want you to marry her. What? <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you, Hosea. Maybe, maybe some of us would like, God, are you sure? I, I have a brother. Maybe you're talking to my brother because I'm the prophet. Yes, Hosea, I'm talking to you. All right, God, let me go somewhere uh, where we don't have people because I'm not hearing you well. Yes, Hosea, I'm talking to you. Go find Gomer. She's living a life of prostitution. I want you to marry her. Really? You want me to marry her? Yes, the prophet married Gomer. And then you just realized what happened in that story. You and I, we would just go to God. I told you. I told you. And then you, you were the one who asked me to marry her. Now you see, I'm hurt. Can you understand my pain? You see, not so beautiful. Then, that is the first part. Then, 
Hosea left Gomer. Gomer went after another man. Then she had three children with the other man. And then God called Hosea again. After all of this, after what happened, after this painful situation, God called Hosea again, saying, Hosea, I want you to love Gomer just like the love of God. Just like my love, I want you to love Gomer once again. This is when God called Hosea once again. Saying, The Lord said to me, Go again and show your love for a woman who is committing adultery with a lover. You must love her just as I still love the people of Israel. What? That must be a very difficult process. Heart-wrenching, painful. After she has done that to me, God, you want me to go back and love her again? Yes. I want you to do that. Just like the love of the Lord for Israel. Oh. I was confused. I didn't quite understand what God was trying to teach the prophet. God is trying to tell the prophet, you see how you feel? You see how painful it is for you? This is how the people of Israel have hurt me. This is how I feel. It's painful for me to see the people of Israel going after other gods. It's painful for me to see them offering offerings to other gods. It's painful for me to see that they don't care about me. But guess what? I still love them. And how do I love them? Unconditionally. Oh my God. This is how you love us? In spite of going after somebody else and then you still love us? that God's love is unconditional. God's love is powerful. Hosea began to understand that he was mistaken on thinking that God, you are too holy. You are too powerful. You have nothing to do with these people. No. My friends, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done in life, God still loves you. And if there is love, you 
unconditionally. You need to realize that. This is not a fairy tale. It's not like once upon a time or in a far, far away galaxy. No, this is real stuff. God's love for us is real and is deep. I remember once I was like Gomer. I was running away for God, doing all type of thing in the world. He finds me and then tells me, Whitney, I still love you unconditionally. I know that I'm holy. I know that I'm infinite. But my love is greater than what you've done to me. And I'm willing to embrace you and to forgive you. When I realized that, that just blew my mind. And I couldn't understand it quite often. But it, it is real. It is deep. And now, guess what? Hosea is a bit confused, still hurt. And then you can see his, his, his tone and the way that he's trying to explain the story. Look what he said. He said, like, they turned to other gods and like to take offering of raising to idols. And now he said, so I pen. 15 pieces of silver and seven bushels of barley to bind her. And then, when Hosea went out and he went after Gomer, guess what? The man, the man that Gomer was trying to offer her love, betrayed Gomer, and tried to sell her as a slave. Now, Gomer becomes a slave. She has shame. She's being abused, full of shame. Rage, humiliation. And then Hosea is walking. My friend, that woman here is my wife. She's your wife? No, she's my slave. If she's your wife, you'll have to pay for her. How much? How much? Just tell me how much. Yes, sir. You're going to have to pay for her. And I saying, like, you know what? I don't care about how much you I am willing to pay you whatever you want because she is my wife and I love her. Oh. If you are a groomer, you would feel a bit embarrassed and then he wouldn't dare to look at Hosea on his eyes. He would feel shameful. But guess what? Hosea doesn't care about the past. 
He doesn't care about all those bad things that happened in the past. The only things that he has in his mind is restoration. Is take her from that man who doesn't understand that somebody else has a greater love for her. Yes, sir. That's my wife here. Please, I am paying you. You and I were pretty much like Gomer. We run away. And yet, God sent Jesus Christ, His Son, to buy us, to redeem us. Hey, it's true that they're not following my rules. It's true that they don't like me. But you know what? I love them unconditionally. I am going to pay for them by the blood of my Son, Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that amazing? That gives me strength to live when I know that God loves me that much unconditional in spite of all those things that I have. Let's give meaning and purpose to my life. And you could see that Gomer is being restored by the men who truly love her. So now, why don't we just try to understand the meaning of this story for us once again? There's one thing that I want you to realize before we move forward. The Bible is not trying to discriminate women. This is not the case. The Bible is not trying to present a woman in a very bad ways or manners and then trying to make Hosea uh, the prophet men look stupid. No, this is not the story. And in fact, you remember the story of Peter. Peter was a disciple. Then he betrayed Jesus. That was ugly. That was shameful. And yes, who went to the cave, to the grave at the resurrection? That was the woman. All the men, they were covered. And then, you know, they were in a little room. But the woman, they went outside. And they were the ones who were brave enough to go and then share the good news with the other disciples. So it could be you know, the other way around. It's not that we try, like the Bible is trying to present a woman in a bad way. No, no, this is not the case. It's just a story that kind of attracts our attention about God's love, trying to tell us that God loves us in condition. That's, that's the main idea. That's the big picture. So, now let's try to understand the meaning of this story for us. We see that Hosea, the symbol of God. We, we, we understand that, right? And Gomer could be understood as the symbol of humanity, of mankind, us. And we understand that our mystics want to prevent God to love us. We saw that Gomer, she didn't deserve anything. She didn't deserve that love. But guess what? The prophet, the prophet, went after her. She was 
she was guilty, but that doesn't prevent the prophet to, to love her. That's the same. Like, we've made a lot of mistakes. That is our life, that is the nature of our life. But guess what? Those mistakes, they won't prevent God to love us. Maybe sometimes we feel guilty, we feel like, ah, I'm not sure about it. Really? I'm not sure that God would still love me. If you have these thoughts, please understand that your mistakes won't prevent God to love you. And also we understand that God's love is always available to us. We saw that Gomer was running away. She was doing also kind of thing in the world. But still, the prophet was willing and then was waiting for her. That's the same thing. God's love is 24-7. It's not today. His love is available for us and tomorrow. He's not. No, this is not the case. God's love is always available for us. We just need to embrace it. And also, we understand the rejection of God's love brings soul. Unfortunately, Gomer was humiliated. She became a slave because she was trying to find meaning and purpose in the world after another man. And then the other man treated her badly without any respect or concern. Sometimes it could be it could be the same for us. When we reject God's love, when we're running away from him. We're not going to find anything better than God's love. I'm telling you, I know things about the world. Sometimes we think, oh yeah, church is boring. Uh, there's nothing inside the body. Let me go outside and experience the world. I'm telling you, the world is full of deception. Disappointment. But God could be the God. God is, is always there for us. And he wants to heal us. This healing touch is always available for us. Friends, do not reject God's love. And we understand that all those suffering, shame that Gomer had experienced is just because she was running away. From the prophet, she rejected his love. The brothers and sisters, please do not let anything distract you. Do not let your conscience, do not let your friends or circumstances, do not let anything prevent you to understand that our God loves us unconditionally.